This is the SB Live Washington podcast, your twice weekly conversation about high school sports and the people who play them across the Evergreen State. I'm Andy Bueller, your host and reporter with SB Live. We're going to talk 3A first round football in the WIAA state playoffs here as games start to get going. If you missed it, Todd and I broke down the 4A field. Uh, You can head back in the feed and find that. Uh, If this is your first time joining us, welcome aboard. Uh, We're going to break down all eight matchups in this 3A field, uh, and we're going to get into it. But before we do, the we I'm talking about is senior reporter with SB Live, the prodigal son of Tacoma, and your pal and mine, Todd Millis. Uh, Todd, 3A, man. What you got? Yeah, it's the home of... Some of the more dangerous road lower lower seed road teams, I think, in in any of the six uh, classification brackets, especially. And you look, you know, one central reason, and that's that's the Metro League. I mean, Rainier Beach at nine, and um, you know, Garfield at twelve, and 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 Seattle Prep at thirteen. I mean, I'll tell you those those are just those are not ordinary first round. Uh, road op- uh, road team op- opponents. So it's going to be a it's going to be a real fun first round of this particular classification. I think Andy. No, I mean there there is not a bad team in this field, and I know that sounds really obvious and cliche. Uh, we're you know it's the playoffs, of course. We're down to sixteen teams across the state, but there's some there's some. Uh, I mean, <clears throat> I had a a conversation with the with the reporter the other day uh, from a different corner of the state that just said. You know what he was asking, like, what are you thinking at the 3A level? And I'm going, I don't know. I mean, I think this is kind of the most wide open, uh, the wide open field. You know, if if higher seeds sweep every one of these games, I will not be surprised. If four higher, if four, uh, I guess if four double digit seeds win games this weekend, you know, I might be a little surprised, but I'll, I'll also I wouldn't have uh, not warned you. So let's jump into it. We're going to start with uh, number 11 seed Spanaway Lake, a team you and I really liked in the spring and coming into this season, going uh, across town or across the state to Lampson Stadium and taking on six seed Kennewick. Kennewick at nine and one, Spanaway Lake at five and one. The Sentinels, of course, we haven't really seen a whole lot of them this year uh, through kind of no fault of their own. I mean, they had a COVID pause that kept them out the first two games of the season. uh, And I believe they had uh, they had another game canceled uh, due to COVID throughout the season, but they've only played six games. Uh, they have a, a, a one of the most dynamic skill players in the state in Josiah Wagner, and they've got a breakout star uh, sophomore running back Josh Colley. Remember that name, Josh Colley. He's got to go take on the biggest front seven he's seen all year. Those big boys uh, at Kennewick. What's your gut tell you about this game? I wish I was in the Tri-Cities. That's what my gut tells me. I mean, he, Josh Collie, you mentioned him, Andy. He, he's arrived just in time. He's a big bruising back. He's built to take on the defenses like that. He's an inside hammer, but has enough speed to get to the outside. Um, I'm just waiting for Josiah Wagner. We, we all got to see him last spring, and he was so dynamic as a sophomore, Andy. Uh, the league MVP in the 3A PCL, and he was kind of danged, kind of heading into the year with a foot issue. I wonder if this is the if this is the week that that the Josiah Wagner that we saw last spring um, reignites and reemerges and is a it's just a handful um, for this Kennewick defense. 
again, I would not be surprised if this double-digit seed went to Kennewick. Get, even given its limited um, playoff history, uh, we like this team, Andy. I, I think it's going to be uh, a game where it's in the 20s. I, I still pick Kennewick to win at, at Lampson um, because of, of Miles Mayofsky. He keeps reminding us it's, it's playoff time and let's play like it. Um, but I would not be surprised if Spanaway Lake uh, won this game. I'm still picking Kennewick in a in like a 26-23 type game. Yeah, no, I mean, if if uh, if Josh Colley gets past that first that first level in that defensive front of uh, of the Napick brothers, Aiden and Nathan, he's got to deal with with Miles Mayofsky. He's got to deal with Bronson Childs, um, and and he's got to deal with a really tough secondary too. Those guys hit hard. Uh, they they you. You will wake up the next day and remember you played the Lions. Um, so we'll just see. I, I'm I'm fascinated to see how this one shakes out too. I, I take Kennewick in, you know, maybe more of a grinder. I like him in maybe a 21 to 17 type type game. Um, but a, a fascinating matchup that's it's taking place here uh, this weekend. So going on the number 14 seed Kelso Highlanders coming off a, a really impressive win on the road at Auburn Riverside last week uh, made. Left no doubt there uh, up in Auburn. Congratulations to Kelso. You have to hit the road, take on O'Day uh, State Powerhouse at 5 p.m. at Memorial Stadium uh, on Friday. A tough bill of goods for Kelso, but a team that, you know, with that has two bona fide, very good running backs that have speed, that have power in, in Judah. Uh, is it Kalist? Kalixt? Uh, I don't know how to pronounce his name. Sorry if I'm butchering it, but uh, Colby Cooper, a dynamic piece out wide that, that can do a little bit under center too. And uh, of course, uh, standout junior Connor Noah, are they going to be enough for uh, you know a typically physical O'Day uh, defense that on offense is still trying to find its wings a little bit and has, has been less than impressive at, at long stretches of the season, but is carried by one of the most dynamic, if not the most dynamic running backs in this state in Jason Brown, who's had just a tremendous season running through and behind a sturdy, sturdy offensive front. Kelso faces an uphill battle going up to Seattle, Todd. I, I see O'Day, um, you know, winning this one, but maybe not as convincingly as we thought. I, I'm, I'm looking maybe to see O'Day really, really put it on a, a team, uh, you know, after it's, it's had a couple close games that, you know, it's offensive sputtered. Like I said, it laid a, an egg and turned the ball over like seven or eight times against Eastside Catholic. And, and I don't think scored that game. I see O'Day pulling it out uh, by two touchdowns, but I see Kelso putting a couple on the board, 28-14 O'Day. I feel like we kind of pick on O'Day. Is it because in preseason we had him so – why, why are we picking on a one team? I mean, we pick, we, we kind of, yes. I mean, no, they they're, they're the number three seed in this tournament. They have the most they dynamic are. running back in the state. They do. And their coach will probably finish as the winningest coach in state history. Probably uh, will. Uh, yeah, you're right. I mean, the two games they've lost, they've turned the ball over a ton. Um, do I think this is going to be the 31 nothing game it was in the first round of the state playoffs uh, a few years ago? No. I think I, I love and we've talked about, I love Connor Noah, love him. Um, I think he's going to, I think he's going to have a pretty good game, especially kind of match with his FSP brother uh, going, going at each other and Jason Brown. Uh, it'll be fun to see these two tailbacks, two very athletic tailbacks um, go at it. 
Uh, it's 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 go time. It's playoff time. Monty Kohler knows how to get it done in the postseason. Yes, I understand. They're they're a little more maybe one dimensional than than in the past. Are they as good maybe in the middle of their defense as they've been in the past? No. Um, but I still think this O'Day team, when you have a Jason Brown, when you have a Monty Kohler, when you have an offense that has rolled up close to 500 yards here the last couple weeks after a couple shaky outings, I, I think this team is closer to being back on track than maybe we we give them credit for. I think I think O'Day wins. I, I like your score. I think it's going to be a, a 30 to 20, 30 to 17 type game. O'Day wins at Memorial Stadium. Yeah, I mean, that, that would be a good showing from a Kelso team that, that you know, I don't know how long it's been since Kelso's made it past this first round. It's been a team that's been, a, you know, at or near the top of that league in the GSHL 3A down in Southwest Washington and has has really come on late this season uh, and played really well. I mean, I, the last time I saw Kelso, it had lost to Mountain View. Uh, it kind of came roaring back in the second half against a team that, that it let put up some points on the board in the first. And I was just really impressed by, you know, in, in a losing effort, I just, I walked away from that game going, this is not the last we're going to hear from this team. And lo and behold, they are the representative here in the three A state playoffs. So uh, should be a good one. Uh, SB live will be there. Another great game in the bracket, uh, a 10 seed in Mount Spokane jetting across the state. Uh, and by jetting, I mean uh, taking a bus or multiple buses to come in and face seven seed Arlington out of the 3A Wesco. Sitting here at eight and one, we know how good that 3A Wesco is this year. Uh, do not sleep on this league that has three teams in that division in this bracket. Um, but a tough, a tough atmosphere, I think, for Mount Spokane to walk into. I think this game, you know, some could see this one as a toss up too. Uh, I'm going to take the I'm going to take Arlington at home. What Greg Daler has been able to do with this group, a senior-led group, one of the most poised quarterbacks in the state, and just just calm under pressure, and a guy you want leading your program in Trent Novak uh, for the Eagles. I take Arlington by a touchdown, maybe ten points. I, I'm not sure how to handicap this one from a scoring standpoint. Maybe maybe Ethan Machowski like is is the equalizer here. Who knows. Yeah, I mean, two really good quarterbacks going at it, Flanagan and Novak. Uh, maybe names that uh, people still around the state don't know about when you when you look at some of the, the guys that we do talk about. Um, two underrated defensive fronts. Um, two, I, I think, I think, I think Arlington's better defensively than they get credit for, and, and I think the same thing about Mount Spokane. They shut out Gig Harbor last week. They forced a lot of turnovers. I think you're gonna. I think this is a game that's going to be decided by the, the the small details, the things that that we can't predict. Um, you know, uh, the turnovers, um, special teams. You meant you mentioned the best kicker in the state is on Mount Spokane's side. I don't think that can be understated. I actually like Mount Spokane to come over and pull off the upset in a very low scoring game. I'm I'm going to pick them to win. I know you're doing our three A primer on the website, Andy. You didn't ask my opinion. Todd does not or, speak for me. So I think Oswald Can is going to win 17 to 16. Um, Terry Clore and that group is going to come over. And it's going to be a joyous, joyous um, bus ride back to Spokane. Wow. Yeah. I mean, look, listen, if, if you're picking a close game, I mean, gosh, you know, not to beat a dead horse, Ethan Machowski is a game breaker this time of year. He's, he is the is responsible for the second most points in the entire GSL behind Ryan McKenna this in the regular season. Number two is Ethan Machowski. 
two weeks ago, he dropped uh, an onside kick just right into the bread basket of, of one of his guys in the spring. He kicked back to back in back to back weeks, 55 yard field goals. Um, this is a guy that can change a game for you in, in a facet of the game where this time of year, it does matter. Uh, you know, these types of things matter. You have to be, um, you know, on it, you know, uh, weaknesses are, are exploited. So I, I don't hate that upset pick Todd. I still like Arlington at home. I think, I think we're going to get, I think we're going to get a heavy dose of three, a Wesco between them and, and, and a Marysville Pilchuck team that Arlington beat but it's also very good. And talk about that Arlington defense to, to shut, to slow and shut down, uh, you know, Marysville Pilchuck two weeks, you know, after they had gone and did what they did at Squalicum and, and Ferndale two weeks in a row can't be understated. So I pick Mount Spokane or I pick Arlington, uh, you know, by a touchdown, Todd picks Mount Spokane by a hair. Um, we'll just have to see how this one plays out. Speaking of the three, a Wesco, Number 15, Stanwood coming off a, a, just an electric upset over, uh, over Lincoln of Tacoma in, in the uh, district round, in the preliminary round. Stanwood's in its first state playoff since 1996, Todd. So let's, let's give credit to them. Let's give credit to Jeff Skoma, head coach, uh, first year there. And, and writer Bumgartner, who at, at tailback, he was convinced to move from slot over to the tailback. Uh, to fit into this kind of wing T type system that mirrors a lot of what Bellevue does. Skoma is a branch off the Bellevue tree as well. And he, a boy, you know, not only is Stanwood better for it, but Ryder, I'm sure also, <clears throat> I don't want to put words in his mouth, but is probably happy that, that he was asked to uh, and tap with this assignment over 1400 yards on the season. He just happens to be running into what I think is the toughest defense in this state and a defense that will turn you over will hit you hard and a defense that will score on you uh, in Eastside Catholic. Uh, so Stanwood takes on Eastside Catholic. Um, I have, I, I like the Crusaders in this game. They're not going to put a ton of points up on the board, but I think Stanwood's just going to have a really hard time moving the ball. I take Eastside Catholic 21 to 10 is my score prediction. Well, I mean, geez, we, we know what uh, Ryden Baumgartner did last week against Lincoln, almost 300 rushing yards, and they needed every single one of them and a and a pass to put away the Aves at Lincoln Bowl. This is a much better defense. You mentioned it, a much better defense in the first round of the state playoffs. Um, congrats, I mean, I, you mentioned Jeff Skoma taking the Stanwood job. He was at LeConnor last spring. Um, just to get this program – you know, out of the 3A Wesco and into the state playoffs uh, is a victory in itself. I, I just see Eastside Catholic dominating this wing tee. Um, they seem to know how to defend the wing tee, um, especially here recently playing Bellevue in the state playoffs. I think Eastside Catholic's going to win 31 to 3. 31 to 3. Todd picks a more convincing Eastside Catholic win than me. Uh, I hope you hear that, every member of uh, the community at Stanwood. But just to just to give your your prediction some credence here, Todd, can, can I just rattle off some team defensive stats from Eastside Catholic? Please do. Seventeen interceptions, seventeen forced fumbles, thirteen fumble recoveries, twenty nine sacks, thirty seven tackles for loss, six defensive touchdowns, and an op- opposing third down conversion rate of wait for it seventeen percent. Good luck moving the ball against these Crusaders. 
Their defensive coordinator spent seven or eight years with the New Orleans Saints uh, in, a, in a coaching role, uh, and that was by no accident. Uh, he's got the uh, the personnel to back it up to. That middle of the park with Dallas Daly, uh, Deshaun Hunter-Misa, and David Linnae, uh, it's, it's as tough of a linebacking core as there is in this state. So I uh, just wanted to give a quick shout-out to Eastside Catholic's defense. Its offense is still trying to kind of find its legs. It's not the Eastside Catholic offense we've seen in years past. They don't put a ton of points up on the board, and they don't really move the ball <laughs> really a whole lot, but they don't need to with this defense. So I uh, just wanted to get those in there. And that was in eight games, Andy. So they played two fewer games than a lot yeah, of teams. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Eight games of that defense. Staying in the Metro League and the Wesco, number 12, Garfield, goes on and takes on five-seed Marysville Pilchuck. Marysville Pilchuck uh, was was in our top five for a reason all year. Brandon Carson, this is one of those teams that, uh, you know, I talked to a coach that played them in the spring and, and blew them out in the spring and said, boy, this team is one year away. They're going to be good in the fall. And that coach is a smart person because uh, this is a very good Marysville Pilchuck team, a team that that creaked into the state playoffs and had some some playoff life in them two years ago. Uh, has a, a lot of players in that game two years ago in that postseason run that I think fell short in the first round, if I'm not mistaken, and correct me if I'm wrong. They had that great game, that great overtime win over Prairie. And I can't remember what they did after that. But uh, here we go. Marysville Pilchuck taking on Garfield. Uh, Garfield is a sneaky team out of the Metro League that, that cannot be overlooked. But uh, But do they slow defensively? Uh, what we know is one of the most dynamic rushing attacks in the state with a, a just a, a sturdy offensive line that paves the way for uh, <coughs> Dylan Carson uh, and company. Todd, what's your prediction here? Fun. I think this is going to be a whale of a football game. I think Garfield has some of the, the most exciting talent on both sides of the ball. Mr. Montgomery, a linebacker. We've, we've talked about some of the, the Garfield skill position guys. Um, Colby Cochran. I mean, good good secondary. Now, unfortunately, the, you know, Marysville Pilchuck doesn't throw the ball a whole lot. So, you're right. They're going to have to really, you know, really put the clamps down or, or be disciplined in the, you know, against that, that slot T rushing attack with Dylan Carson, who's just run for a bazillion yards uh, against the 3A Wesco and the 4A Wesco, too. Um I think Marysville Pilchuck's going to win as well. I think it's going to be a really high-scoring game. I think Garfield's going to score points in this game. Um, I think it's going to be a 38-24 game. I think Marysville Pilchuck gets the win and moves on in the 3A state playoffs. You know, I don't, I don't hate that uh, that prediction at all. I I think I'm going to take Marysville Pilchuck. I, I I like the high-scoring game. I just, it's Marysville Pilchuck's defense has been tough too this year, Um, and. His name is escaping me at the moment, but Garfield has a kicker. He, Garfield has one of the best kickers in the state, too. Uh, don't let Ethan Machowski's uh, star uh, outshine that of some of the other great, great, great kickers we have in this state. Um, his name is escaping me at the moment, and if it comes to me, I'll blurt it out, uh, whether you're in the middle of a sentence or not. But if it's a close game, you know, that stuff matters, too. So uh, I, I like Marysville Pilchuck, though, by – you know, 10 points, 10 to 14 points uh, is my prediction. So are you talking about Marcus Merkelbach? Marcus Merkelbach is his name. Uh, he he can hit it from deep uh, beyond 40. 
he can give you what you want, uh, you know, in, in a late game situation, who knows, who knows what you might need, but it always helps to have a guy uh, in that facet of the game who can make plays uh, when your back's against the wall. So I, I agree with you, Todd. I, I like Garfield to give them more of a shot this week, but, but Marysville Pilchuck is a, is a damn good football team. And I think we're going to see that. What, what is it about the three A Wesco opponents that have to have to face the really good kickers this week around the state? I don't know, but we we just talked about two of them. So, yeah. Let's th- this next matchup though, Todd. I think is the one that intrigues me the most. It's the one that I I kind of have circled as this could be could be a really exciting football game. That's number 13 Seattle Prep that sits with four losses uh, in that Metro League going on and taking on Yelm on the road. Yelm of course is is 9 and 0. Yelm has been one of the best teams in the state across all classifications this season. Uh, Yelm was fantastic in the spring. They'll be even better next year. This is a Yelm team that is here to stay and is really hungry to make a statement in the postseason after running running the table in league in spring. Boy, talking to those guys Boy, did they ever want to, you know, to continue that forward into the postseason. Didn't get the chance to. Here they are with Polina Hooper at quarterback, with with uh, uh, with uh, Braden. Kyler. Braden, what's Braden's last name again? Braden Platt. With Braden Platt in the backfield and in the linebacking core, and of course the big play. A wizard, Kyler Ronquillo. Does he get, does he have a, a full spread eagle, uh, you know, deep uh, reception, diving reception in him this week? I don't know, but but we know that Seattle Prep and, and that squad out there has some magic in them too. So two high octane offenses. Yelm's obviously got a defense that can stop people. Um, I'm fascinated to see how that defense fares against an incredibly incredibly dynamic offense uh, with Seattle Prep. I saw them last weekend. <laughs> They're just a blur. They play so fast, uh, and they've got they've got some levels to them too. But I, I think I like Yelm in kind of a shootout here. Thirty-one to twenty-seven is my prediction in this game. What do you think? You remember who we had ranked number two in our preseason rankings, Andy? I sure do. Now, has the season gone according to script? I mean, this is a team that was in the Metro League Championship game last year. It beat Eastside Catholic, beat O'Day in the regular season. Yes, I understand that personnel is a little bit different. I think the Panthers had to kind of go through and find how to retool. Um, they play with such um, tempo. Um, they're getting healthy at the right time. Uh, they might have the you know as good a tight end, at least catching the ball, as there is in the state and Jack Velling. We talked about Braden Smith so much on this podcast. If you don't know who Braden Smith is now, I, I recommend paying attention to Oregon football. What what this, what really concerns me right now about Yelm is is the fact that the Tornadoes have not been taking care of the football the past few weeks. Um, a Mead team that had a lead on them in the third quarter with two defensive scores. Yes, Yelm can really pile up yards and points, almost you know almost like Seattle Prep can. Um, but I don't like the fact that they haven't taken care of the ball. That stuff seems to linger especially this late in the year. I, Seattle Prep smells it. I know that defense is probably well aware that they that Yelm has given away the ball. I think Yelm's going to win. I think it's going to be a 45-40 game. I think I think Braden Smith's going to put on a show. I think the three guys that you mentioned from Yelm are going to put on a show. 
I think there's not going to be much defense played in this game, but I am going to pick Yelm to prevail 45-40, which means that we'll have to pay attention to one of our favorite athletes in the state, Braden Smith, in his next sport, basketball. We sure will. That's going to be one uh, that everybody should have circled. Uh, that one takes place at, I think, at Yelm High School at 1 p.m. Saturday, right? Is that at Yelm? Correct. Um uh, this next one, the 9-8, we talked about it at length on Sunday. A very interesting uh, seeding decisions made to, to allow this game to happen. But Rainier Beach at the 9 seed, sitting at 5-2, and two, uh, takes on Peninsula on the road. The Seahawks are 7-1, and one, had a couple games canceled due to COVID this year. And Rainier Beach is two losses, each by one point to the 2 seed at the 4A and the 3A level here, Eastlake and Eastside Catholic. Beach, I predict, to come in and uh, make an absolute statement on Saturday, 1 p.m. at Roy Anderson Field in Purdy. Um, I'm predicting Beach to blow the top off of this one, Todd. I am, I'm feel confident in that, and, and if I'm wrong, then then great. Uh, then then credit to Peninsula. But, um, you know, Chance Godiz at quarterback has kind of allowed this offense to, to, to flourish a bit getting the ball to, to their receiver. Obviously, Jalen Green is the top target at 6'5 out wide, incredibly dynamic. Uh, I'm, I'm told Namir Robinson, the son of Nate Robinson, who's been an electric corner all year, uh, I, think he's, I think he's up to like seven interceptions or something like that. Um, he's, he's still been battling an injury through all, throughout that this year, and I think he might, we might see him on the offensive side of the ball again uh, at, out at, in the slot at wide receiver to give – uh, beach another dynamic, but they've got a load inside with Scott Trey Humphreys, who's had a, another tremendous season. Uh, very, very hard to stop up the middle. Rainier Beach, Todd. I, I again, like I said, these guys are going to be playing angry, and and they should be. Yeah, I'm, I don't have to give a, a long winded uh, breakdown of this game. I, beach wins. You know why? Beach knows it's a good football team. It's beaten good teams. It's played good teams close. Um, I, I, I would ask Peninsula the same question. I don't know if Peninsula. I don't know if Peninsula knows how good a football team it is because two of its premier games were were postponed or canceled because of COVID. They did come back and win their it's the rivalry game, but I just can't get past the the, the week one loss to Bellevue again. I know it's week one and teams grow, but I just can't get past that loss. I think Beach comes in and prevails convincingly. I'm going to say 30 to 19. 30 to 19. Uh, my prediction is 31 to 14. Um, this is the exciting thing, though, you know, with Peninsula. It's like, you know, we, we, we don't know what this team is capable of. And so you get a home field environment. You get, uh, you know, a playoff environment at that field there in Purdy. And, and who knows what will happen. But uh, certainly an 8-9 to watch. To wrap this up, the 3A bracket, number 16, Lakes, uh, squeaking into the field out of the PCL with the win over Monroe last week that you were at, Todd. They get to go to Bellevue and take on uh, the number one overall seed, the Wolverines at 10-0 on the road. Uh, Bellevue has been, you know, a train that has just, I mean... It didn't take it. It didn't take a slow roll up for this train to go to the speed that it it, it is at now. Um, with this wing T offense just just rolling uh, at this point, I, it's not a wing T, is it? What's 
what's the offense called? What's Bellevue's offense called? The wing T. Did they? Are you sure they run a wing T? It's not a modified something. It's even more old school wing T. Okay. Uh, Bellevue's got plenty of weapons to spread the ball out to. Uh, Willie Wang, uh, stud linebacker, is also their leading uh, leading carrier this season, but he's not the only one. Blake Teets, um, Ishan Daniels provides a, just a tremendous speed on the outside, and and don't commit to the run with these guys because because uh, Lucas Rosori, the quarterback, can can throw the ball too a little bit, and he's got a terrific tight end in Hogan Hansen. Um, to get the ball to downfield. So they'll catch you off guard. You got to honor that. This is a Bellevue team I expect to be playing in three, four weeks here. So um, I, I expect Bellevue to win big, uh, just like I predicted GK uh, to win big uh, as the one seed in 4A. You know, I, this is not a bad Lakes football team. Let's just let's just say that up front. No, uh, not at all. Um, and, and it's been an up and down year um, just with moving pieces, um, you know, Missing uh, Devon Nafoa Meso, um, but getting Justin Brennan back and trying to fit it all together. The fact that they're in the round of 16, I I didn't think they would be the 16 seed in this bracket, to be honest with you, Andy. Um, but this is a rematch from two years ago when Bellevue beat them soundly up in Bellevue. What I what I like about what I like about this matchup for Bellevue is uh, pretty much against anybody, if they can get you in the grinder, it's it's just a long night. It just it takes the wind out of your sails. It shortens the game. It limits possessions. But the collective group of athletes, we we've talked. You know, I guess if you had to pick Bellevue's, you know, the face of its program, I guess it would be the Daniels kid. Would you say that, Andy? Would it be Hogan Hansen? No, I mean Hogan's a sophomore. I, it's that's it's tough. I mean, this is the face of this program. Um, you know, this, this isn't the Bellevue of 10 years ago. You know, this is not, you know, Buda Baker ain't walking through that door. Um, but I think that's, that's part of the reason that makes this team, uh, that, that ha- makes this team so intriguing is that they're winning, you know, as convincingly in the same system with, with the cast of characters that just play really well together and complement each other's skills really, really well. That's the point I was kind of getting at. I mean, it, you could it, uh, the face of the program, their best athlete, their best college. Pro- it's it's kind of up for debate. They have a two or three guys that'll probably be playing on Saturdays soon enough. But it, it's it's the collective, and that's when we talk about especially those really early Butch Gontroff Bellevue teams. It was the cohesive collectiveness of of their line and the way they function and in sync, how in sync they were. And that's what this team kind of reminds me of is just how Michael Knipe has gotten this, this line to fire off all at the same time, how technically sound it is all at the same time. And then the, col- the, the collective parts and how they contribute and how they do their part is just a really impressive thing to see. Um, I know we've talked about this, this classification being probably the most up in the air, or one of the most up in the air. And a lot of that is the, the dynamic five of, of the Metro league, um, the Yelms, the Ken- the Kennewicks teams that we've really kind of grown accustomed to and being built for the playoffs. But I just think still the way this team is playing, um, the mindset it has is still the most solid team, the most consistent team in three, a, I think they kind of do with the lakes, what they did the, the last time they played up in Bellevue. I'm going to say it's 35 to uh, 14. 
Michael Knipe, uh, head coach at Bellevue, has a ton of respect uh, for what Dave Miller has built at Lakes. Uh, I just want to make I, I want to get that in there because it's a name. It's a name that, that he's brought up in conversations to me. It's a program that he remembers uh, very well from his playing days at Bellevue and, and growing up as a, as a high school football fan, um, you know, in, in the greater Seattle area. Uh, so I think this is kind of a full circle moment for a young head coach uh, that's in his, I believe, his fifth year and, and just starting to hit that crescendo in a program we know um, has a ton of state championships. Uh, this one, I, I don't know if you'll be able to take away from them if they do uh, pull it pull it off. So that wraps up our breakdown of the 3A playoff field here in the first round. Uh, if you want to learn more, uh, we've got stat leaders and, and, and the likes and a full kind of deeper look at each one of these matchups on the site, scorebooklive.com slash Washington and the SB Live Sports app. Download that app for free wherever you get applications. Um, we've recorded a breakdown of the 4A field, uh, and there are breakdowns on the site at, from 2A to 1A to 2B down to 1B. Everything covered uh, here in, in this first week of the high school football season, Todd. The first time in two years you and I are able to break down a field like this. He's fist pumping. I'm fist pumping. We're, we're ready to go. SB Live Washington is going to be everywhere this weekend. We're really excited to bring you coverage of the first round of the WI State playoffs for SB Live Washington and SB Live Sports. I'm Andy Bueller. He is Todd Millis. We'll see you on the sidelines and we'll be back here in the airwaves on Sunday. podcast is brought to you by SB Live Sports, your national hub for high school sports news and information. Subscribe for free wherever you get podcasts. If you do it on Apple Podcasts, please leave us a rating and a review to help us best serve you, the listener. You can find our website at scorebooklive.com Washington. There you'll see news, features, highlights, podcasts, and everything in the world of high school sports across this state. As always, a big shout out to our sponsor, Washington Federal. Thanks to Dan Dickow and Todd Millis for bringing the heat every week. This song you're hearing is by the band Woodrow. It's called So Far Away. It's written by James Schroeder, Carl Johnson, and my dad, Matt Bueller. I'm Andy Bueller. We'll be back next week. take a moment to tell you about something really exciting for high school sports fans across the country. SB Live Sports has launched a free iPhone and Android app featuring the latest high school sports news here in Washington and across the country. With the SB Live Sports app, it's now even easier to follow your favorite team and tailor your experience to your interests. With real-time scores and news alerts, as well as video highlights, podcasts, photo galleries, rankings, game coverage, and much more, the app delivers on the content you want in one convenient place. The SB Live Sports app features exclusive content from on-the-ground reporters across the country, and it's the number one source for Washington high school sports fans with coverage from reporters Todd Millis, myself, Andy Bueller, as well as SB Live's preeminent basketball mind and recruiting expert, Dan Dickow. 
The SP Life Sports app is available at no charge in the Apple App Store and Google Play Store. Download it today.